Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! All right, welcome in. Three dudes with a view. Uh, rainy Wednesday. Uh, really, un- it's been the weather this spring and fall has been very unusual uh, in Tennessee. It's been quite temperate. Uh, yeah, climate change, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> they say the earth's cooking it elsewhere. It's not cooking here. Uh, it was pleasant last night. Open the windows. My name's Del Kennedy. I'm dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, is still out there driving around somewhere. Uh, our number one dude, as always, Mr. Jim York. Good morning. Good morning, Delk. You know, just don't want to admit climate change is taking place all over the globe, man. I mean, Texas is about to burn up. The West is about to burn up. And, and it gets pretty darn hot here. I was trying to cut my grass the other day, and it was it was cooking eggs out there. I'm sure it was, but it's July, and it's the weather. <laughs> all right. We've got a couple of uh, – Mr. York, you are – uh, we, we've got a Democratic majority here today. So uh, uh, Clayton Harris, I don't know where he is, but uh, he's there. There he is. Hey, Clayton, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Dude number two. Uh, all right, we've got uh, uh, now regular special guest, dude, at least until school starts. And then um, again, in fall break thereafter, when he can get away, he's a school teacher in Mount Pleasant. Uh, Seth uh, Campbell, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. He's a Democratic activist, school teacher, teaches special ed at Mount Pleasant High, grades 9 through 12. He's got a column every week, uh, which appears right alongside Ron Hart's column in Main Street, Murray. And we are honored to have with us today uh, the uh, chair of the Democratic Party of Murray County, James Dallas. Good morning, James. Good morning. All right, man. All right, guys, I, I, I've i got something on my mind that uh, there was, and this is sort of a segue into a conversation I wanted to have anyway. There's an article in The Atlantic this week um, by a lady named Applebaum. And let's see, the headline is, uh, Is Tennessee a Democracy? And the the Republican Party controls pretty much everything in Tennessee. They are going to win the next election and probably the one after that. Yet they sound as if winning isn't enough. And Applebaum writes, uh, Let's see. Okay, I think what she's getting at, Ann Applebaum, you know, she's she's definitely a, a liberal, uh, more than a liberal, a leftist. Uh, she's, according to reports I've seen, has written articles in the Atlantic, you know, uh, embracing pedophilia. Uh, the, I'm on doubt. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, okay, all right. I'm going to retreat from the ad hominem attacks. Uh, let's talk yeah, about that, that kinda, ta- those kind of statements are just wait, wait, just it's just Zuzi, Zuzi. 
Okay. Well, you know, the subject that I wanted to bring up, I mean, she says, is Tennessee a democracy? And, you know, my reply to that would be, well, is Oregon a democracy? Well, yeah, that? I can back. Well, she I mean, talks about the supermajority. Right. Uh, states that have supermajorities are ruled by a minority, and the minority dictates what the majority policies have to live by. And that's her, her point. Uh, supermajorities is not a democracy. Well, then is Oregon a democracy? It, it, they were elected do, by democratic means, but when you get a supermajority, you got a one-party rule. That's not a democracy. Well, is Oregon a democracy? Yeah, I, think, I, I don't worry about Oregon. I'm worried about Tennessee. Oh, I think the sorry. simple answer is it is a democracy. We know it's a democracy, but what the, Thanks, supermaj- Seth, yeah. well, what the supermajority has done, though, is they've applied undemocratic concepts. I mean, I look to gerrymandering as the number one thing. And it's not just, I mean, I'm not blaming just Republican Party for gerrymandering. There's other parts in the country where gerrymandering has been done by Democrats, but gerrymandering should be illegal. It should be cracked down on. Some of the lines here in Tennessee were drawn to produce a certain Republican outcome. Now, if you think that's undemocratic, call it out. Is that, that that's, that's what I'm doing. I mean, it's undemocratic. And our fifth congressional um, representative, Mr. Ogles, I mean, those lines were made to produce his victory. Um, well, a, on this, a Republican victory. A Republican victory, yes. Yeah. But, and if Not you look necessarily at the, Ogles, I think. The, no, no, it could have been Harwell or um, Winstead or someone else. Every, but, everything I heard, the legislature was trying to help out Harwell. But, uh, you know, but it, definitely the lines were drawn to uh, produce I mean, an outcome. Uh, a Republican district. And yeah. they've done it on the state level, too. You can look in Memphis where they've cracked some districts to try to, um, uh, you know, produce certain outcomes. And they, they tried to do it in the Knoxville suburbs with Gloria Johnson. And they tried to. They, they moved her out of her district to where she had to get up and move to another house and run again to win. Um, I think the supermajority is greedy, is how I'd put it. They're not happy with a with a with a huge majority. They just any Democrat that they can take out electorally, of course, then that's what they want to do and they push the envelope and that's why you're getting articles like this from apple bomb but but what what i'm saying i mean it is a democracy i'm not going to play games with that we all go vote and i trust the vote guys like mr york there mr. york serves yeah. on the election yeah. commission and we can we can sleep comfortably with our vote in Murray County. Yeah. yeah so i mean democracy then, yeah another thing seth is that the supermajority tends to force Issues like they went into and and, and tried to pass a, a, a law to cut metro government in half. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they, yeah, they, they, it's they a bully government. Uh, just having power is not enough. It was her point. Also, they want to do things way beyond what their uh, legal and legislative responsibility ought to be. They go into other responsibilities of removing local control. Yeah, yeah, they they oh. definitely they, they they well it can be a bully government when you're in a super majority because you have the, you have all the power and the Democrats did it for years here, Dell, and you know when yeah, they I had mean, the super majority. That, that was what I was going to point out. I mean, my my dad was a Democrat. I grew up a Democrat, and uh, you know, let's see, we we had a. We had a, a democratically controlled state for over a hundred years up until. When I think it was 2010, 2010 or, or whatever, and I, I remember the, the you know, and, and I was I was on Team Democrat back then. Then the Democrats just gleefully gerrymandering the state to crush the uh, 
uh, hopes of any Republican getting elected to the legislature or other public offices. Uh, so, I mean, I'm sort of going, hey, you know, uh, Democrats got their 100 years worth. Why don't Republicans get their 100 years worth right now? Uh, absolute power. Yeah, I think Del- absolute it power wasn't corrupts. About the pers- it wasn't about the personal involvement that government gets into the personal lives, like the abortion issue. Uh, they recently uh, passed, you know, in the transgender issue. They recently passed a law in, in overruled the governor in Louisiana because they have a supermajority to to ban affirming care for for youth that are transgender. So it's how the the Republican Party continues to get into the personal lives of individuals, having the power to do so, and they over overboard in doing it. James, you you got you you look like you're thinking over there. What do you think? Well, there's always a tension um, in, in a democratic government uh, between wanting to have um, programs that are stable that will be hard to overturn by the next group of people who get elected and also having programs that are responsive to people. And so, I mean, I, I definitely can see the point that, yes, um, the Republicans are doing many of the same things that the Democrats did in the past. Um, there certainly need to be some guardrails, and I think historically that's come from the courts. Uh, we did see the court, uh, the Supreme Court reassert itself with regard to Alabama this year uh, and saying, look, you know, um, yeah. you need to draw a second um, district that uh, allows uh, well, minority the, representation. And, and the, the Supreme Court was sending a, a very loud message there. The, uh, James is talking about the case of, I can't remember who it was, versus Alabama, where uh, there was a lawsuit over the, over gerrymandering. And, uh, and these, the Supreme Court, you know, uh, uh, a lot of people, particularly on the left, had been upset by some prior Supreme Court rulings where they basically said, you know, gerrymandering, the states can do it. But the the Supreme Court in this Alabama case, which is just what less than a month ago, one of James, where mm-hmm. said, you know, yes, you can gerrymander, but you're still prohibited from doing anything on account of race and the supreme court found that uh in this case the rights of black people uh had been infringed upon by alabama so uh there are limits to what even a supermajority can do in in, in Jer- Jerry, yeah, Murray, and yeah. and you know, I mean, that kind of comes from the Voting Rights Act. Yeah, it and, comes it, all the way from there. Yeah, and yeah. Alabama right now is in the process of trying to draw compliant maps because now they've they've got their instructions right. from the courts. Um, it looks like the map that they're drawing may not comply, so there's going to be another round of uh, politicians versus judges coming up with that. <laughs> As always. And, you know, I mean, in some in some ways, that's just kind of natural. That's the process to have some back and forth. But at the same time, um, you know, I mean, I think uh, there do need to be some guardrails and, and some, some ground rules that get respect. And, and this yeah. hasn't been a new issue either, Delk. You probably remember that here locally, right here in the middle of Columbia, that this area was drawn out and partnered with um, Dixon and Hickman County for years on the state map for state representatives when um, 
when Miss Sheila was our uh, representative, and this this whole area um, going out to the east was scooped up and partnered with Hickman and Dixon County, so it wasn't part of the 64th. It was part of that 69th district, and that was just in my my eye. That was just a prime example of what gerrymandering is. To, and that to me looked like the racial gerrymandering. I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but it was just when you scoop our you know African American population out of the historic downtown of Columbia and you partner it with two counties you know dixon county's quite a long way away and i mean it just looked a certain way um to produce a particular electoral outcome yeah i mean i understand what you're saying seth i I remember the days though when you know the democrats controlled the legislature in our congressional district here uh for murray county you know was this long snake-like thing that went all the way to memphis and they were trying to get rid of robin beard didn't have any success with it. Robin Beard was a Republican, folks, who was elected uh, back in the days as our congressman, back in the days when, uh, you know, Republicans rarely got elected to anything in Tennessee. Uh, so, I mean, and then, yeah, I, I remember our congressional district just used to be insane because uh it, you know they they drew it up. The Democratic majority drew it up, favored Democrats. Uh, so it's just yeah. an undemocratic concept, gerrymandering. Just undemocratic concept. One, awesome. Maybe so. One thing well, I would interject. What about it, James? Yeah. Is that, and I don't think this is a Democrat versus Republican issue. I think this is the march of progress. Right. Is that gerrymandering has become much more efficient in the past two cycles because of the use of computers and technology and databases that allow much more precise and surgical uh, map drawing. Um, And so while I don't want to say the Republicans are are inherently worse, I think what we're seeing now has the potential to be worse than what it was in the past. You know, James, you make me recall that, uh, you know, back when, when we owned the Daily Herald, here in Murray County, my family, uh, every every year, every election year, or, you know, invariably all sorts of people, campaigns, whoever would come in and ask for the uh, copies of the old issues which had reported the election, election results from the prior uh, prior election. And, you know, you, you couldn't get all that online back then. You had to go back and get the newspaper from, you know, the day after the election. And so uh, I, I get you. I hear you. All right. Let's take a break. Come but- back. Motor Sales is our area's premier GMC dealership. Their lot at 919 Nashville Highway has an impressive selection of GMC vehicles, trucks from the light-duty GMC Canyon to the Sierra 3500 Heavy Duty, and everything in between. GMC's SUVs are impressive with the Terrain, Acadia, and Yukon. Want luxury? Ask about Denali upgrades. Go to ParksMotorSales.com for information and see their awesome offers and services. Parks Motor Sales, GMC. We are professional grade.
Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. Have you been injured in a car accident? Are you still in pain? Untreated whiplash injuries to the spine may lead to future conditions, such as neck pain, low back pain, and headaches. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating these conditions before they get worse. Our accident consultations are free. Call me, painfree.com, or call 615-551-9224. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. 
Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork, and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit TaylorFamilyFarmTN.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people, and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. Great, rainy Wednesday edition of Three News with a View. I'm dude number three, Del Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. Good morning. Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. How are you? Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody out there. All right. Regular special guest, dude. Uh, uh, Mount Pleasant High School teacher and Democratic activist and state committee uh, member uh, Seth Campbell, how you doing, man? Hey, doing good. Good morning, everybody. And chair of the Murray County Democratic Party, uh, James Dallas. How are you, James? Uh, I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> All right, James is keeping us sort of cracked up uh, over the break, talking about how he he uh, was going to try to you know go cold turkey on Twitter. <laughs> I, I need to desperately. I'm trying to trying to shift over to threads, kind of like methadone, I guess. But uh, it's, it's at the same time, uh, I think that everyone, to a certain extent. Uh, likes to get riled up a little bit, and if you if you like getting riled up, Twitter's a great place to go for that. Well, that's for sure. Oh, that, all right, uh, Miss York, go hey, ahead. Mike's got. I was going to ask. You, I was going to ask you a question. Did you all hear anything about the young student's death in Hampshire? Uh, the school board meeting met last night, and they uh, have to have another meeting because they couldn't uh, deny or approve uh, the application for charter schools. But yeah, two that's of the same. Members, folks need to know that, Miss York. The, uh, uh, the school board was supposed to vote on the charter school application last night, but they had one or two members absent. Two, they had two. So, yeah. so they 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 under the rules and bylaws, they didn't have enough members present to act one way or the other. Yeah, they have to have six members to vote positive or negative, A and yay and nay. And, and so uh, they've scheduled but another heard, meeting. I hadn't from, heard anything about the death of this student in Hampshire, and I know Hampshire is a kind of a closed community. Whatever happens in Hampshire stays in Hampshire most of the time. But uh, two of the members, I think, went to the the funeral services for that young man, young student, in, in that uh, lives in Hampshire. I don't know anything about it. Does anybody know? Best, uh, most of my knowledge is secondhand about it. But uh, from what I understand, there was a young man uh, that uh, actually, you know, had a had a pistol, and he and his buddies were messing around with it playing around with it thought he had it unloaded and did not realize there was a, a round in the chamber and in playing around stuff like that put the gun to his head and pulled the trigger oh man and uh, heartbreak it was a it was an accident uh purely and total an accident but it was a tragic accident and uh it's oh, pretty man. it's hit the community pretty hard uh, that's just awful. Yeah. All right, Coach Mike Lyle is on the board. He was just giving us that report about his knowledge of, of the 
funeral services in Hampshire yesterday. Uh, and Mike's got it. Mike wants to talk about the Gypsy Kings. Let it tell it. Tell us about the Gypsy Kings, Michael. Uh, yeah, the Gypsy Kings are returning to Nashville for a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits at the T Pack Andrew Jackson Hall for you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night on Saturday, November fourth. Set your, set your calendars that Saturday, November fourth. Tickets and details are available at toninabayardo.com. And, and yesterday I, I spelled this all out, and evidently we had it a little bit wrong. So, you know, let's correct it here. T-O-N-I-N-O-B-A-L-I-A-R-D-O. I put two L's on that yesterday. It's B-A-L-I-R-I-A-R-D-O.com. That's a loud and live production. Uh, we will also be having several tickets, uh, probably around 30 tickets, a little closer to the showtime to be given away here through the station. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. But that's on Saturday, November 4th, the Gypsy Kings and their trip and uh, down memory lane uh, for their greatest hits. There we go. All right. Gypsy Kings coming to Nashville this fall. That'll be a big time. Ah. All right, folks, let's go back to where we were. And I, I was using this article by this uh, Applebaum lady in the Atlantic, you know, it's Tennessee a democracy. But really what I want to talk to these uh, three Democrats we've, we've got with us today about is the is is Tennessee in general. And, you know, uh, we Republicans, and I think even back when I was a Democrat, uh, you know, Jimmy Nafee and Ned McWhorter, I think if uh, the state of tennessee had you know as it does now full employment low taxes uh people moving here businesses moving here uh uh, uh, fiscal stability we've got a surplus in our budget uh i mean i think even ned mcwhorter and jimmy nafee would have been pleased with that uh and so i mean my question to y'all is you know is there anything wrong in tennessee and if so what is it well, I'll say, for one thing, it's the poor people. Tennessee has more health care debt than any other state in the union by persons that don't have quality health care and can't pay for the health care that they get. You got, you're talking about 300,000 people that don't have health care, adequate health care in this state. And, and the Republicans got a surplus budget. They got a good economy. But the difference between Republicans, Del, and I, I think, is that they talk about costs and spending money. Democrats typically look at what can help people have a better life. So we're more geared. I'm I'm more geared to looking at how can I make life better for individuals. I don't worry about the cost. You know, I'm Miss York. I mean. <laughs> I, uh, show me somebody. I mean, everybody I know of is, you know, Tennessee's great. They love living here. They, they're employed. The quality of life's good. I, I mean, I, I mean, I, t- Tennessee has, to Delk's point, I mean, I love Tennessee. I love living here. I mean, it's, and a lot of good things have happened. Some good things have happened under Republican leadership. You can't deny that. I mean, a lot of these scholarships coming through, community college for the students. I mean, that's, um, that's stellar work, you know, and I don't care who did it. Um, uh, what I, in my eyes as a Democrat, I think what happened is a lot of these Republicans got a lot of what they wanted, and now they spend their session 
up there um, meddling around in trivial things that get them sued, that get things ruled unconstitutional, that are embarrassing for the state. And I think a lot of it is idle hands. I, I think they've accomplished a lot of what they wanted. Like you said, the surplus. I mean, they have a huge surplus. And now they they take on these smaller, smaller facets of, of our society, and they just uh, – and they, they embarrassing is what I'm trying to say. They, they they have these embarrassing acts, you know what? And then they're ruled unconstitutional. I've seen it several times over the past couple of years. But Seth, my point is, if we've got a surplus and the state is doing good, why do we have three hundred thousand people who are struggling to to make ends meet and don't have health care? I mean, know, the, the health care has been awful. In, yeah, yeah. The same thing happened in Louisiana. As soon as the Democratic governor got into office in Louisiana, he signed an expansion of Medicaid so that the poor people could afford some kind of health care. They they haven't done that here in Tennessee. Yeah, we've had rural hospital closings, and that's all. That's bad. I mean, I'm I'm with you on that 100. percent Well, I, the thing about that is, I mean, I. I there are people, Dell. That's my point. There are people that are suffering. And there are seniors that are that are hungry. Well, you know, Miss Short, I don't want that any more than you do. Uh, I, I'm just not sure that I see that. Of course, you talk about hunger, and then you talk about health care. I mean, those are two different things. Uh, neither one of which is good. If if they if there's a lack, you know, if there's a lack of food, if there's a lack of health care. Um, but, we don't I mean, see them because they're not visible, Delk. They don't have a voice, and well, we don't see those people. So we think everything is hunky-dory. We go on with our lives, we enjoy our lifestyle, and we don't worry about them. But there are people in this state that are suffering. Well, Mr. York, yeah, I mean, I, I spent two years, you know, before I bought these stations representing people who couldn't afford a lawyer. Uh, and I, I saw... You know, uh, a lot of, uh, I mean, and then, you know, all we got to do is talk to the outreach committee at my church. And uh, there are a lot of people, uh, you know, I saw people in need as a lawyer for people who couldn't afford a lawyer. I uh, talked to the outreach committee at our church. I mean, uh, I mean, the reality of need out there is for real. That's for sure. Um uh, Go to the people's table at Seventh Street Church and see how many people show up there. A uh, very good point. It's a large crowd every week, uh, and my church participates in that. And I'm I'm thrilled to to do my small part there. Uh, the thing is, you know, Medicaid expansion seems to be the first thing that comes up when. Democrats and Republicans start talking about, uh, uh, you know, what what would what might Democrats do differently in Tennessee uh, if they were in control? And and uh, like I said, I've got a couple. I mean, I'm just skeptical of that. First of all, the ones who are always talking the loudest are the ones who gonna get the money. That would be, you know, the HCAs, the TriStars. Uh, they're the ones who are going to benefit from Medicaid expansion. It's it's not clear that the patients are going to benefit much at all, but HCA and TriStar, they're going to get millions and millions and millions of dollars. And so that that contributes to my skepticism, Mr. York. But, but you have representatives 
uh, that have health care business, and they're getting millions and millions, too. Yeah, that money's still being spent. It's just not being spent here in Tennessee. Yeah. It's being spent in, uh, you know, pick a state that expanded. I mean, so it's getting spent by those big, by those big healthcare superstars. It's just not getting spent here in Tennessee for Tennesseans. It's going to, you know, I don't know, Michigan and, and, and other states like that when we have people here and d- definitely in the rural communities who, who do suffer. I mean, the, the age expect, you know, life expectancy, it's just, it's lower. I mean, there's, there's struggles there. I read the other week that Clay County had no, no hospital and no ambulance service. You know, I mean, boy, I mean, that's a you can't hardly live there, can you? Or definitely not with any age I, <laughs> on you. Yeah, when I, mean, you have I, an I don't know anything about Clay County, drive. but I mean, or around here, you know, Wayne County, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've talked to people down there and they they seem perfectly happy with their situation. Like I said, I and I'm, I don't quite understand the point about, you know, TriStar and HCA and other states. I mean, that's the first thing that's going to happen with Medicaid expansion is you know HCA or TriStar is going to uh, uh, put a hospital in down there at in Waynesboro and just rake in millions and millions. And is the access to health care for Wayne Canyons going to be really improved that much? I but mean, the point, Delk, is not whether a, a, a facility raking millions. The point is people will have health care. I can go to a doctor, I can go to a hospital, and and I have some assistance where I can get some health care. It's not about, I don't care who gets the money, I want health care. Individuals want health care. Preventative and and other forms of care that will help keep people out of the emergency room. We we need to remember ERs have a legal responsibility to take anyone who needs care. Exactly. And, you know, when people have some stability from Medicaid or from private insurance that allows them to see the doctor before something becomes life-threatening well i mean the other thing james is about if if a person's sick and doesn't have health care and they're working how can they work effectively and have high quality performance if they need health care well I'm, that's I'm, my point i'm jaundiced by several experiences in my life first of all i would, for almost 15 years the two lawyers who are working immediately you know had offices on the hall immediately beside mine uh, were, were in healthcare fraud and uh, in healthcare the price is not the price There's, it's the biggest hoodwink business that you've ever seen in your life uh, the, there's the sticker price, there's the price that Medicare pays, there's the price the insurance company pays uh, there's the price that they bill you and you know the flip side of being uh not solvent is being solvent so when they send me a bill uh you know a lot of people when they send them a bill if they get the medicare whatever insurance will pay and the and the patient goes well you know i can't pay the rest and and they go fine that's all you know but if if it's somebody like me who might can pay the rest of the bill then they come after me i mean you're undoubtedly right but if you just had a stroke and you need medical care and you live in the middle of nowhere like i do i mean you hope that that rural hospital did not close down and that's that's what i'm saying you want that rural hospital there if you if my granddaddy had a stroke you've got to get them that care right away and the x's and o's you're right on that i mean no doubt but 
you need that health care, even in the rural communities, and that's what we're lacking without the expansion of Medicaid. All right, yeah. it's, it's a- People don't want to drive six. It shouldn't be where a person got to drive 60 miles if they have an emergency. Well, these days they're hauling them by helicopter up from Wayne County. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so. but who pays that helicopter bill? This, uh, insurance or Medicare. Uh, or Medi- and if you don't have Medicare, who pays it? All right, well, that brings up another issue. I mean, how many people can't access TED care? Uh, and I really don't know, but I've got another experience that I'll share on that. Let's take a break. Come back. This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. We know that Jeep owners are one of a kind. Choose from our huge inventory or build your own one-of-a-kind Jeep from the ground up. Stop by today and one of our product specialists will help you customize the Jeep you want. Wrangler, Grand Cherokee, and Grand Wagoneer in the perfect color. Gotta have them options, powertrain, and more. And now, take advantage of the Jeep Wave program. More free maintenance at no additional cost. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby, king of the precious stones, for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Stay comfortable and relax this July. Heller is keeping you chillin' all summer with free outdoor gear. When you upgrade your home's essential systems, we're giving away free Yeti camping chairs, coolers, backpacks, and more with the purchase of select new HVAC systems, whole home generators, and tankless water heaters. Stay chillin' all summer long. Book your appointment at happyhiller.com today. Happy you'll be, or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Gypsy Kings featuring Torino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through toninobaliardo.com. A loud and live production. 
Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Del Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Three dudes with a view. My name is Del Kennedy. I'm dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How's it going, man? I'm doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. You've been pretty silent over there this morning. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm just I'm just sitting back and uh, enjoying listening to everybody. We're playing. ganging up on him. He needs you. He needs you, Clayton. Yeah. Well, <laughs> where are you on Medicaid expansion in Tennessee? Uh, what, what do I know about Medicaid expansion in Tennessee? Or, or do you have a position on it? Uh, not really. No. I mean... I, you know, my biggest thing about it is, you know, what what are the strings that are attached to it? I mean, is it really something that, that the federal government's just going to come yeah, in and, yeah. and take care of, or are there strings attached? And what are the fine details of that? You know, I mean, I'm all for helping people that need help, um, but what, what what's the cost going to be, and what are the strings attached to it? So I, mean, I, always I, guess, I, have, I guess I have questions more than, than I do an opinion. Gotcha. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York, how are you? Good morning, everybody. It's another rainy Wednesday, like you say. Clayton, here's the point. Whatever strings attached, human beings are being helped. And human beings that are being helped can have a better quality of life, and more people can go to work. A lot of people have high blood pressure. They're 45 years old. They're so bad, they can't even work because they don't go to a doctor. They don't have regular care. 
I'm a I am not a victim of bad health care. I had pancreatic cancer. Adequate health care, surgery, chemotherapy, and I'm not bankrupt. And that's the point. It helps people when you can get insurance, whatever the strings are. It's a human being and his quality of life is going to be better and better. Well, all right. Let's introduce everybody. There are a lot of, I mean, the thing is, Mr. York, what you and Clayton have just said, we're, we're all, we, we want everybody to have, uh, you know, health care and to, to not uh, be unduly financially burdened for it. Uh, the question is, how do you get there? So, I mean, that's. I guess that's going to always be with us. All right. We got some regular special guests to now. Uh, Mount Pleasant school teacher, Democratic uh, uh, State Committee member, Seth Campbell. Welcome. Hey, good morning. I wasn't expecting the robust Medicaid expansion debate this morning, but I'm, I'm here for it. But I just wasn't expecting it. <laughs> well, maybe we'll sort of shift away from that. Because, uh, all right. But first, I, I want to welcome James Dallas, who's chair of the Murray County Democratic Party. Welcome, James. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the coffee this morning. Yeah, glad to have you. <laughs> you know, I mean, the the topic that I brought up now, y'all feel free to, you know, take it anywhere you want. Is, you know, uh, the 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 Demo- the Republican supermajority controls Tennessee now. The a Republican governor, and you know, our state is very prosperous we have a uh, a budget surplus uh employment is full people are moving here because they think it's a great place to live businesses are moving here uh so you know the general topic that at least i wanted to pursue is you know what's wrong with this picture and and y'all you you know medicaid expansion uh uh it's one of the things that I'm not sure who said it first, but uh, uh, that's one thing um, that that y'all brought up, and they're pro. I'm sort of with Clayton, you know. I, 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 like I said, I, every time there have been Republicans who favor the Medicaid expansion, but then you start looking at how much uh, contributions they get from the HCA or TriStar lobby, you go, ah, what's going on here, you know. Uh, I mean, is the patient going to get helped or is HCA going to get helped, you know? Uh, so that's a part of my skepticism. But now, but what else besides Medicaid expansion? What, what, what it, 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 from, from a Democrat's perspective, what's wrong with the picture in Tennessee? What about gun legislation? Uh, the governor is fixing to call a special session. And already we have the supermajority saying, you're going to call a useless session. We're not going to vote for any kind of gun reform. And 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 that's their story. So I don't know what the governor's going to accomplish by calling a special session. Uh, Mr. York, I, I think you're right, um, at least with regard to gun laws. Now, that, 
there may be a consensus, something you've agreed with in the past. Uh, we'll see. There may be consensus on uh, expanding inpatient mental health care in this state. They're, they're certainly going to take it in the mental health care um, route once they once the special session gets going because they're not going to address, um, you know, um, they're, they're not going to address the, the meat of the matter. They're going to go around and do the mental health um the mental health part of it. And that's the only thing that governor is going to be able to push. Um, I and mean, there's already been representatives who've come out and said that they're not interested in having this and to, for him to not call it. I don't know if representative Sapicki was on that letter. I'm not sure if he's I, for the special the session last, or against it. I'd the, be interested to know. I mean, I hadn't talked to him lately. The last time I talked to him, he, he said, you know, we, if the governor wants a special session, we need to have a special session. You know? I don't think it hurts to talk this out, to, to workshop it, to see what we can do better as a state. I'm not going in with any um, you, you know, line in the sand saying we have to accomplish this or we have to accomplish that, but get together and see what you can do to make the state better. Safer for kids, safer for everybody. Make sure people keep these guns locked up. They're not getting stolen out of cars. and Just common sense reforms. Um, and people say, well, that's a red flag law here. And just make, a, make the state safer for everybody in it and is get together that's what you're elected to do i'm you know i don't think it's a it's a difficult concept i know it's difficult in application but i i think getting together and workshopping this and trying to come up with a solution to keep these deaths down nobody wants to see anything like we saw earlier this year and I, I don't know if you can avoid it with whatever's going to happen in the special session but you can sure try well, well set, set the thing ahead, is people think that you gonna that any kind of law that has some kind of gun reform that people are going to line up citizens, uh, break in their house, and take their guns. And that's just crazy. It's, it's a fear I mean, tactic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they preach that. every. Oh, they're going to take the... It's not about taking your guns. It's about having a stable, safe society, like you said, uh, by having some sensible gun reform that makes sense to everybody and doesn't violate anybody's rights. Legally well, promote responsible gun ownership. I, you know... I, I hear everybody. I, I think from the Republican side of the House. I mean, I've I've advocated for you know we, we really we've got some laws in Tennessee where if you know you uh, you beat your wife or your girlfriend or whatever that a general sessions court can act and restrict your access to firearms. However, if somebody you know gets on Twitter today and says I'm going to go in and shoot up. Central High School tomorrow, Mount Pleasant High School, Seth. Uh, there's no, excuse me. There's there's really uh, there's nothing you can do about it, uh, and nothing law enforcement can do about it. Uh, and so that is a hole in Tennessee's law. Uh, the the problem is, and this this is an inside baseball. It's all on the Republican side. I mean mm-hmm. uh, that. Uh, the a majority of Republicans and conservatives are fearful. I mean, here's the here's the example that you know that uh, that scares them to death is that, for instance, an ex-wife could go to a magistrate and uh, all of a sudden, without you having an opportunity to be heard uh, before the magistrate, the, the the police come and take your guns. You know, uh, I mean that's that's the situation that uh, now can legislation be crafted where that can't happen? Yes, but the Republican base is just so scared that 
you know it, that that's they're they're what what's the right word they're just trustful they're I mean, you know they're, speaking of scared though i mean yeah. i think you have to point it out that I think there's a good portion of the Republican um, legislators up there that are scared of the gun lobby, the Tennessee Firearms Association. Well, I mean, if they come out with anything, I mean, if they take a step in the direction of maybe, you know, promoting responsible gun ownership, that Tennessee Firearms Association lobbyists, I mean, they're going to, I think they're going to, they're going to put pressure on them. They're going to find them a primary. Um, they're going to try to primary them, and I think the Republican caucus is scared of that. I don't think they want that. What, what they're scared well, of is receiving that lobby check, uh, Seth, <laughs> from the NRA you know, and from the Firearms Association. And, they're getting their money, and, and that's what they're scared and, of. And I reject that. I, I mean, that's the, you know, nationally and on state level, Democrats always try to demonize the NRA or the Tennessee Firearms Association or whatever. And you know, I'm telling you. I mean, I'm I have guns. I shoot guns. I've hunted all my life, uh, and uh, you know, I have a gun by my bedside that stays locked when I'm not in bed. But it's uh, it's there to shoot whoever bad guy comes in the door. You know, I and mean, we're for I'm for that. I mean, I think that's great. Well, I just I, think that, and I get I get that. Seth. You know, we uh, we have to. Ha- have an open discussion, though, and I don't think a lot of lobbyists want us to have that discussion out of fear that it might produce an outcome that they don't like. And, you know, we were just talking about lobbyists with, you know, in healthcare and stuff. So I just think that we can talk about it without the lobbyists getting in well, the way. I mean, but my point that I was about to make, though, is I mean, gun ownership and, and the right to bear arms is the most grassroots thing that I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. it, it's It's, you know, people like me who uh you know and and i certainly you know i mean that that's the problem is that a level of trust to get to get something passed uh now inpatient care everybody agrees on inpatient mental health care we don't have enough uh and we need more uh, and that's I, I, I'm seeing agreement all on all sides about that. Says so they're not as it. Absolutely. And uh, then, but then you get down to, you know, trying to craft legislation which reasonably address the situation where somebody gets up and says, "I'm going to shoot up a school tomorrow." Uh, that's going to take a, some time and discussion for both sides to get an agreement. Uh, James, what are you about to say real quick? You well, got, just to wrap ten, up the conversation, yeah. is Tennessee democracy? It is if we want it to be. Um, you know, we need to get out there and vote, and we need to get out there and make sure that our representatives hear what we have to say. All right, James, we come back next Wednesday. Uh,